For all of you faithful deacons, and there are many in this church for whom I'm very thankful, but to all of you whose ordination service was scheduled on a Sunday night with a lesser crowd here, I want you to know I became convinced several years ago that it ought to be the number one service we do on a Sunday morning. It's a time when the church has chosen men to serve as deacons. It's a time when the church ought to be gathered in the time of their ordination and in their approval of that ordination. Thank you for being here, and thank you to men for agreeing to serve, both of you. As I began to think about the subject of Dustin and Joel's ordination, I became increasingly aware of the compatibility of these two words, victorious Christian. The definition of a successful deacon, a victorious Christian. Victorious means one who wins, one who triumphs over evil, a champion, successful, a conqueror over the things of the world. Christian means is the one who is able to accomplish all things through Christ who strengthens him. A Christian is one who has come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and has received him as their Lord and Savior, and they walk with him, and they worship him. After all, Jesus is indeed the champion of our faith, the one who arose victoriously over death, hell, and the grave, and thereby making us more than conquerors, as Paul said. What are the distinctions of a victorious Christian. As I answered this question, two different individuals in Scripture came to mind. First, the Apostle Paul, and then Stephen, the deacon. Stephen was one of the original six that was chosen in the sixth chapter of the book of Acts, if you'll remember. And as he was chosen, he was chosen for the office of the deacon, the very first ones chosen. It is said of Stephen in Acts 6, 5, Stephen, full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, and in verse 8, did great wonders among the people. When he stood before the council after being accused of blasphemy because of his faith in Christ and his testimony of who Jesus is, and what he had done in his life. When he stood before the council, his witness, it is said of him in verse 15, his face was like the face of an angel. The word that is translated angel is in the original language as a son of God. So if we read it the way the original language said it, that his face was like the face of the son of God. As Stephen was stoned to death because of his faith, Stephen declared in Acts 7.56, I see the heavens opened 
and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And in verse 60, he said, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. I'll remind you that the apostle Paul was at the stoning of Stephen as he was not saved at that time and was in charge of the persecution of those who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. And it said when they finished stoning Stephen, they took the cloak that had been on Stephen and laid it at the feet of this man named Saul of Tarsus, which later became Paul of Jesus. Soon after, he came to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ himself, but it was when he was on the road to Damascus to persecute the Christians that were there and for some of them to be put to death as he witnessed Stephen being put to death. And Jesus appeared to him and spoke to him, and Paul immediately recognized him as Jesus, the Son of God, and said, what would you have me to do? And I believe that Paul recognized Jesus because he had seen the reflection of the Lord in the face of Stephen, that he had watched the persecution and the stoning of Stephen as he died there before that mob. Paul later writes, For me to live is Christ, and for me to die is gain. The same or similar testimony as to that of Stephen I am victorious in dying, for, for me to die is gain. Father, lay this, not this sin to the charge. I see Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father. Oh, what testimonies these two men had of their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And then later, the Apostle Paul wrote a letter to Timothy, and he said this to him in his second letter, in chapter 4 and verse 6 and following, listen to what he said. I'm now ready to be offered in the time of my departures at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. What a testimony. Paul did not have to, at that moment, write a letter to Timothy and say, oh, let me tell you about how bad I was before I came to Jesus. Those things were under the blood of Jesus. They were forgiven. They were not a part of his testimony. After he came to Christ and, and believed on him, Paul's testimony was, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Everything about me is Jesus. He saved me. He's given me life. He has called me. I'm an apostle according to the call of the Lord Jesus, according to the will of God. And he gave everything in his life credit to the Lord Jesus Christ. And you see Stephen being stoned to death, saying, I see Jesus. Lay not this sin to their charge. Both Paul and Stephen remain faithful and obedient unto death. What two testimonies in the scripture to speak to us, not just to these two men who are being set apart today 
and ordained to the office of the deacon in the Dalrata Baptist Church. But to every one of us, what a testimony, faithful unto death. I don't have anything to claim myself, but Jesus and Jesus only is what the testimony of this, these two men was. Both Paul and Stephen did remain faithful unto death. And the first mark of a victorious Christian is a life of obedience, finishing the course. Finishing the course. Even though the course the Lord had chosen for Stephen was not an easy road, a life of self-denial, his calling, was not to be denied but he was faithful. This characteristic of a victorious Christian is undeniable in the life of both Stephen, the deacon, and Paul, the apostle. And though others may not have understood, to the committed Christian, the one who would be victorious, obedience to God's call was paramount. And I charge both of your men that God's call to you to be a deacon and to serve him faithfully is paramount. It's above everything else in your life that you stay faithful to him and to his call. And though others may not have understood, they stayed obedient. The second thing, both Paul and Stephen, for them, it was a matter of faith. Life was a matter of faith every day. It is said of Stephen that he was a man full of faith in the sixth chapter of Acts. Paul tells Timothy, I have kept the faith. I remind you that faith is the substance of things hope for and the evidence of things not seen according to Hebrew 11.1 1. that is simply believing God is true to his word regardless of how things may seem now let me tell you there are going to be times in your deaconship there are going to be times in your life going to be times in all of our lives when we'll begin to look and wonder about some things. But they knew that God had promised them, He had called them, and they were going to be faithful even unto death. Stephen, by faith, saw the victory was his, the standing Savior. Oh, my gracious. It is stated to us in the Scripture that when Jesus finished his work here, he went back to the right hand of the Father and is seated at the right hand of the Father. But on this occasion, where Stephen was faithful even unto death, even being persecuted and stoned to death, and even while he's being stoned, he cries out, I see Jesus! I see Jesus! Faithful. Paul saying, the time of my departure is at hand, but I have kept the faith. 
I have finished my course. The evidence of things not yet seen. Thirdly, the victorious Christian ultimately experiences a glorious reception. Now, we're going to have a reception for these two men and their families right after the service. But I want you to know, it's not a glorious reception, okay? It's just folks coming by and shaking your hand, patting you on the back, and, and telling you how proud they are of you and how much they love you and how thankful they are for you and that they're going to be praying for you. You heard what you're supposed to say, right? How thankful they are for you and of you. Paul said at the time of his departure, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, but not to me only, but to everyone who loves his appearing. I'm going to talk to you too for just a minute. Everything's not going to be easy as a deacon. Did you know folks murmur? Oh, you're in business. You know that. Folks murmur and complain. You know that, Dustin. But folks murmur and they complain. And if you let that be what people say to you, be your source, you're going to find your tank's going to run dry and empty. But if you'll let what Jesus says to you and what he's called you to do, to be your source, if you'll let his Holy Spirit guide you in the office of the deacon and serving the people of God and ministering to them as you've been called and set apart to do and carrying on the work of the Lord through this church, if you'll do that, he will faithfully bless you and he will guard your heart and guard your life and your family like you never thought was possible. You know, I've heard horror stories. I've heard horror stories about deacons' kids and preachers' kids. Well, I always said the only reason preachers' kids were so mean was because they played with the deacons' kids. You want your kids to grow up to love Jesus? to love his church, to love the people of God and to, to know that we all have flaws, we all have discrepancies, we, we all have weaknesses, and to grow up loving the church in spite of our weaknesses, in spite of people's tendency to murmur sometimes, in spite of people complaining about their own comforts and their wants and desires and their likes and their dislikes. And listen, that happens. That's just human nature. But I'll tell you, all through my ministry, I made sure that my children did not know the murmurings. The children, my children never knew the complaints. They never heard me come home and speak evilly about the people of God 
They've seen me sitting at the dinner table and a phone call happen and me walk outside to talk to that person and talk to them privately. They've seen me walk out from the dinner table and say, I'm sorry, I have to go. Daddy will be back after a while and kiss my wife by and tell them I'll see them later and out the door. And I couldn't get home until they were already in the bed. But I told them the next day, listen, Daddy did it because he loves Jesus. Daddy had to go because God's called him to a ministry, to the church. And children, the church is the people of God, and we love them, and we're thankful for them. And I'm so thankful today that all three of my children are involved in the church of God, not because they're super Christians, not because they're somebody special, not because they're the child of Rick and Melanie Evans. I'll tell you, they're in church because they were taught to love the people of God, to love Jesus and his church, and to serve him faithfully. Don't let your children hear about the bad things. You teach them to love the church, to love Jesus. Paul said, the time of my departure is at hand. There is a laid up for me a crown of righteousness, but not to me only, but for all those who love his appearing. Jesus stands in honor of Stephen, as we've said so many times, beautiful, standing in honor of the faithful Stephen, I can almost hear that old gospel song 90% of you have never heard. It says, I see Jesus standing at the Father's right hand. I see Jesus yonder in that promised land. Work is over. Now I'm coming to thee. I see Jesus standing, waiting for me. May that be the fire of your heart to know that he will welcome you home as a faithful servant serving God in the local church. Others call Stephen a martyr. Stephen would call himself unworthy, just obedient. Jesus calls him victorious. And for Stephen, Jesus' opinion is all that mattered. Can I tell you, the church is to be loved. Every member of the church is to be loved. The church is to be appreciated. For it's the body of Christ. It's the redeemed that... Are, Assemble together to worship him and to serve him. The church is to be honored, is to be loved, is to be prayed for, is to be cared about. Because the church consists of born-again believers who came to faith in Jesus and his Holy Spirit lives in them and they're in need of love from the pastors and the deacons in the local church. You two men, God bless you. God bless you for your willingness to serve. 
Yes, it's an honor to be chosen. I agree with that. It is an honor to be chosen by the constituents of this church that they see in you the attributes, the character, the strengths of someone who is worthy of the office of a deacon. Not only meets the qualifications, but worthy, who lives a life worthy to be placed into the office of deaconship. But the church is to be loved. Every member is to be loved. Now let me tell you what, there are a couple of them that will get on your last nerve. I'll just You know who you are. No, there, there are some that sometimes just get on your last nerve. But don't let your nerves be your guiding principles. Don't let your likes and your dislikes determine who you minister to. You do that indiscriminately. Caring for the flock, especially those families that will be assigned to you as their deacon, their deacon. And you know what? They feel that way too. Most of them can tell you, I know who my deacon is. I know who my deacon is. My deacon has called me. My deacon has sent me a card. My deacon has done this. My, when I was in, going through a difficult time, my deacon ministered to me, especially our senior adults who are in such need of ministry, and their deacons do that, and they're there for them. And I want to say to our deacons, thank you for what you do. And if you're a deacon and you're not doing that, start doing it. I'm telling you, do what God sets you apart to do, to love the church, minister to the church, care for the church, and be an example to the church. You raise your children. You love your wife the way Jesus loves the church. And you raise your children to love the church the way you love the church. When they get old, they won't depart from it. They'll love the church. They'll serve the church, and they'll do your heart good and do you proud. I love you two men. I look forward to you being on the board of deacons, to be a part of them in serving this church. 